You are Locked On Women's Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdahl, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On WBB. You can like us on Facebook or go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcast listen of choice. I am joined today by Ben Standard, who is the host of the Lockdown Wizards podcast and has covered the Washington Mystics for uh, various publications, including the Associated Press. Ben, anything you think we ought to be talking about today as it relates to the Mystics? Pretty quiet off-season for them. Yeah, no, I don't know. Nothing nothing, nothing much is going on. I, I keep refreshing my Twitter feed, waiting for them to make some news, but it's been pretty quiet. Very sad. Uh-huh. Need, really need to do better. Uh, I, I guess the place to start is the 2015 WNBA MVP, Elena Deladon, new member of the Washington Mystics. Let's go through the trade and, and talk about first uh, what they gave up to get her in terms of Stephanie Dolson, Clea Copper, and that number two overall pick. What are your thoughts about the players that are leaving Washington, D.C.? Well, you know, look, I uh, like, look, let, me, let me preface it by by, by saying this. Um, you mentioned I cover the WNBA. I, I don't go to every Mystics home game. I would like to go to more, but really, you know, people got to you got to pay bills, and people don't. Uh, there's not as many people who want you to to cover the WNBA, WNBA and say when I cover the Wizards every game. True. But that said, I make a point of going to certain games on my own simply because I want to see the opponent. And the one player in particular for the, since she's been in the league that I more or less haven't missed any of her games in Washington has been Elena Deladon because uh, starting when she was a Delaware, I mean, I just fell in love with her game. Uh, it, 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 I, I just love watching her play. And now she's completely ruining my plans because now <laughs> I'm going to have to go to every Mystics home game um, because she's going to be there. I, I, I think her addition is a difference maker. We see this all the time in sports. You know, teams try to, you know, build up their depth and, and this, that, and the other. But ultimately, you really, especially in basketball, you need the superstar. You need that piece at the top. The Mystics for the last few years have been acquiring pieces. They've had some good ones. Stephanie Dolson was an all-star mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. She was, you know, a technically a finalist for the Olympic team. I don't know, really not how close she was, but she was on that Olympic roster and was a final cut. She was a good piece. They've had some other ones. They didn't have the superstar. That's been clear watching them the last few years. Now they do. So while I think that Stephanie Dolson, a very exciting <clears throat> young talent, she's an engaging personality. I love talking to her in the locker room. She's not only to dial down. She, she's not going to turn a franchise around. Uh, Clea Copper looked interesting last year. As a rookie, I know Mike Tebow was very high on her and thinks she could be an all-star down the line, but she's not there. Yeah, uh, I'll leave the draft to you. I have not gotten that far in any of my homework. But look, the number two pick, presumably, is going to be a pretty good pick this year. Um, after we did the uh, conference call with Mike Tebow the other day, when they announced the Deladon move, I said to him, is there some irony here that a couple of years ago you guys had this horribly bad draft lottery luck? Mm-hmm. The Wizards had the, uh, the Wizards. The Mystics had the best odds in the draft in the draft with three stars, and they came in fourth. Missing out on Deladon, Brittany Griner, and Skylar Diggins. Now he gets lottery luck. He gets the second pick and promptly trades it away. But I don't think he's upset. I think he's pretty happy. 
getting Orlando Dello down. Well, you know, and his assistant and relative, uh, Eric Devo, uh, joked when Taylor Hill was brought back that she was part of the four to see. Uh, you know, referencing that draft where uh, Taylor Hill was, of course, their first pick. And it is worth thinking about with a fair amount of lawning, let's say, the idea that Alina Deladon could have been in D.C. and playing with Emma Meesman right away. Uh, And and I guess that's the question I have. Uh, You and I uh, share a devotion to Emma's dame, and Emma, if you go by any number of statistical measures, uh, player efficiency rating being one of them, being the very best three-point shooter in the WNBA last year, I think there's a strong argument for Emma Meesman as a top 10 player in the league. And I had her on my second team, all WNBA ballot accordingly. Do you not see Emma Meesman as that number one player on a potential championship team? Or is it more that bringing Elena in allows them to be one and one A? So let me, you know, say this thing is how I didn't have, I haven't had an Elena Deladon to, to watch for the Mystics for the last, you know, a few years as the home team. The player that I have grown most fond of right from the start has been Meesman. I, I not, not to like pat, pat myself on the back, but I mean, I called her getting to a pretty high level pretty quickly on. Her, her shot is tremendous. I mean, I, I can't say I predicted she'd lead the league in threes, mm-hmm. but you could see from early on she could shoot. And I just love players with strong instincts. And she has, she clearly knows how to play the game. So I've been a, a huge fan of hers. And I was in no way, shape, or form that I ever think Mike Tebow would trade her, even if he was going to get Deladon. I, I didn't think he would do that at all. Yeah. My only thing with, with, with Meesman is, relatively speaking, I don't think she's the most, she's not the greatest athlete. And, and to that extent, I think a defense in a playoff series can, um, I won't say stop her, but I think I think it's a, it may become a little bit harder for her to get her own shot off if the defense is really sort of focusing on, on, on her as much. Um, I think he needed that second piece to help open up the court for her. And again, while Dolson could do certain things, I thought Dolson was a little bit of a down year for her mm-hmm. last year. Taylor Hill... Um, you know, ha- ha- had a good year. They had some other interesting things, but nothing, nothing that was going to draw the attention away from the defense the way that Deladon will. And and uh, and so that's my thing. Yeah, I think mean, uh, Meesman's an all-star level player, and and all that. I just don't know if if we're talking to win a WNBA title. I don't. Think, I didn't view her as the, the, the number one piece, um, unless she had very comparable players around her. Understood. And and you, yes, I I, I think. I share your affection for Steph Dolson, and I think she'd be the first to acknowledge the numbers uh, were down across the board. be interesting to see what she does out in Chicago. But to your point about being able to take the shot down the stretch and the fact that there really is not a defense that's figured out how to limit uh, Elena Deladon, what do you think it means for her game that she gets to play around now two of the other, and collectively they are three of the top four three-point shooters in the game. And just by extension, what do you think that does for Emma Meesman in terms of her development? All right, so uh, yeah, so the, the Mystics also added 
Christy Tolliver, which is interesting from a local mm-hmm. perspective, seeing as how she was one of the heroes of a of a University of Maryland team that won the national title. She's from the area. Um, you know, the Mystics crowd isn't always those who show are loud, but it's not always a lot of them who are there. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if they this will be a, a fascinating season to see what kind of crowd they draw. Now that you have you know the best, arguably the best player, or maybe it's not arguably the best player in the WNBA and a local hero combined with what they already have. I'll say arguably. I'll say arguably. And that, that, yeah, I, I, that's no slate of Elena Deladon, who is in the argument very much. But Maya Moore would have some things to say about that. And the reigning right. MVP, Necro Dwumake. I think you're going to throw Candace in that conversation as well. So it arguably, but yes, the uh, the best of the best. I, it's funny because, I, I like I said, she's been my favorite player in the league. But, of course, I mean, you know, Tarot, he's great, Candace Parker, so on and so on. Um, but I see that, it seems like I've seen a lot of people saying, throwing her out as the best player in the league over this last week upon the trade, and I didn't know if that was total hyperbole or maybe things have changed. But, okay, I'm glad to hear that you're sort of, uh, <laughs> sort of where I'm proud uh, of I'll put it this way. In her MVP season, the only player in NBA, or WNBA history who's had a better see, uh, season individually by player efficiency rating is... Uh, uh, is Lauren Jackson, who had a couple of them, and no one in NBA history has ever improved upon Elena Deladon's 2015 for player efficiency rating. So you go across the board, and she has reached a higher peak than virtually anyone. Wow. Okay. I, I see. Those, this, this is why. I, this is why I keep you on speed dial. I did not know these things. <laughs> I appreciate. But, um, yeah. So, so speaking uh, in terms of. Those two. Do you, do you th- see it as ultimately beneficial to Emma's game more than detrimental? Because the flip side of it is, is it's going to be harder for her at times to get the ball with regularity when you've got uh, Elena in the lineup and you've got Christy Tolliver, who is also someone uh, who shoots extremely well but is generally a high volume shooter. So, I guess yeah. I guess on 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 the Meesman front. I didn't view her as somebody. I mean, look, she took a ton of shots last year, and you, you know, when, when you lead the league in three-point shooting, you should be taking uh, a, a ton of shots. Um, you know, she, she she shoots a high percentage, you know, from all over the place. Mm-hmm. But that said, I always thought she's been pretty good on the catch and shoot. So, you know, if she's her spotting up, there are, like in other words, there are some players who aren't great spot shooters. They need the ball in their hands to to, to create their own shot. I, I think she'll she'll be fine off the dribble. Now that said, McDonald hasn't been a high assist player in her career. Mm-hmm. Again, she's probably more of the latter. Like if you want McDonald shooting as opposed to her standing on the wing waiting for the ball. So I, I don't think it's going to be a huge deal for 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 Emma at a base level. There, I'm sure there will be some getting a, a, a adjustment to. And also, you know, we mentioned the three three point shooters. I mean, that's again <laughs> pretty insane. To have three of the top four three-point percentage shooters from last year, but it also gives the lineup a different look than compared. You know, I'm not sure who they're going to have playing center per se. You know, right. does this mean more Meesman inside? Well, that would seem odd, seeing as how she just made, um, yeah, you know, just did what she did from three. So, so some interesting choices for Mike Tebow. He said that he had been thinking about how, how to deploy uh, Deladon for some time. 
before even before the trade official was official. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to be an interesting thing. I mean, it, let's also not forget Taylor Hill. While she maybe wasn't ranked up here, there among the league leaders, that's what she does as well is, 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 is make three-pointers. So he's got, uh, you know, I don't know if he's got the WNBA version of Golden State, but <laughs> it's something more akin to that than some sort of, uh, you know, interior uh, group for sure. Well, the, the basketball writer David Wurtzberger and friend of the show uh, talked about their death lineup, but I, I'm curious about it. Not just Taylor Hill, who shot 35% from three last year and took more than five per game, so a huge part of her game, but would be a mistake to forget about Ivory Lada, who had a slow start last year in part coming back from a knee surgery, uh, but uh, in the previous season, in 2015, was sixth in the league in three-point proficiency and is a terrific shooter as well. What do you do if you are looking at a primary lineup for this team? And I asked it in two ways, and not only offensively, but, uh, you know, Mike Tebow in sort of an offhanded way said, we'll figure out the defense later. But also in terms of how this team defends, do you need a legit rim-protecting five? Is that what you're looking at to complete these lineups, especially crunch time lineup? And alternatively, there really isn't anyone on the team, with the exception of Natasha Cloud, who uh, looked good at times last year, but struggled with consistency, as that sort of typical one. Yeah, no, that 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 that, that is the thing. Like when, when now that the dust has settled, they have players, but in a conventional basketball sense, that maybe they don't have a starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have that person that you obviously would say, okay, you're the you're the shot blocker, you're the person who's, you know, um, who, who's going to guard the paint. That's not really what Deladon is, even though she's got the size. That's not what Meesman is. I mentioned before her you know, relative lack of athleticism. And, and um, to be clear, Elena can do it and has done it at times, but it almost seems like a waste of what is ultimately a finite amount of energy and uh, a, amount of energy you're expending out on the floor. No, I, I, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm a believer when it comes to basketball, that of your five, you need at least one who does the dirty work, mm-hmm. whether that's the, the perimeter defender, the, the interior shot blocker, basically somebody who offensively understands they're never going to get the ball in a set play. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to pick up the scraps, but they're going to have to contribute in all those other ways, setting picks, defense, rebounding, wh- whatever. Um, I think they have somebody like Tierra Ruffin-Pratt on the wing, who can do a lot of those things, but she's another wing player there. We, we just talked about Tolliver and, and Taylor Hill and, and Ivory Latta. Those are players you're going to want on the court who are sort of already on the perimeter. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think if you just look at the basic roster, they do need some kind of center uh, for sure. And then in terms of the point guards, yeah, you look, I think it, with, with Ivory Latta, it just depends, I guess, on where Mike Tebow thinks. Have you heard, at this point. Have you heard anything about any plans to deal the number six pick? Uh, you know, our, our colleague over at the Washington Post uh, hinted that a trade might be in the offing. I'm wondering if that's something you've heard about, whether you think they would look to make a win-now move. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't heard anything specific. I mean, I, you know, in talking to Mike Tebow, he, he, he's certainly been excited the, the, the last... Uh, Week or so, I, I, I think that's I think that's certainly on the table uh, for sure. Um, you know that this, this, this you know they're still a relatively young team. Eastman's still young. Taylor Hill, 
I mean, Del, I mean, Del Don's hardly a, uh, an aging veteran by all of twenty-seven. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so they're so they're both in a combination of win mo- win mode, win now mode, but also they're not. It, it's not like it's a, if they don't get this done in the next year, it's all over. Um, so, you know, again, I'll leave the the what's in the draft to you. But generally speaking, whatever they're going to get at six, you probably can't assume that that player is going to be an immediate contributor. Um, especially if you're saying the you need a, you need an interior uh, big or a point guard. Those are two things I would typically say are harder to 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 um, to incorporate early. If it's somebody who's a shooter, I can maybe see that easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, by the way, I do think Natasha Cloud is interesting. She is one of the best athletes I've ever seen in that league. Mm-hmm. Her game, though, has not caught up at times to her athletic ability. Um, if she can make a leap this year, that would go a long way for them as far as uh, the backcourt. Yeah, really significant. I, I, I'm sure at some level uh, Mike would like to see Cloud take that step forward and... By, by the same token, see someone like a Bree Jones drop to six, you get another Maryland product, and someone who is relentlessly efficient at scoring the basketball. And my goodness, it's hard to imagine anyone stopping them. Well, bottom line, gut feeling, we it's hard enough to predict the present, let alone the future. Do you think this is a WNBA Finals team in Washington in year one of the Elena era? definitely think it's possible i mean I, p- part of it is also like i i've been a real big believer in uh, in my tebow you mentioned I've, I've covered this team for a while um i was there boy i don't know i'm gonna date myself but i mean i was there before julie plank showed up and turned them into a uh, playoff contender i was there when the mystics got rid of julie plank in the front office and installed Trudy Lacey as the GM and coach, and God bless Trudy Lacey, was a nice lady, but she was overwhelmed dramatically hmm. in that role, and they became a, the laughing stock of the league. And then Mike Tebow came in and has completely turned things around. I think he's just, to some degree, has just had bad luck as far as, you know, again, not being able to get that top-shelf player in the draft. He's drafted pretty well, I think. Um, you know, maybe a couple things here or there. Could have been a bit better. I, mean, I think he's added some key pieces. He's done a good job of installing a, a, a good attitude and, and all that in, in the program. They've just been missing that thing. Well, they now have that thing combined with they kept their other thing in Meesman. They had another thing in, in Tolliver, Taylor Hill, and so on. So I, I do think, um, and also obviously, like, you know, Indiana is going through now a transition with what with what they're losing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I think what remember, right, the, I mean, the better teams are out west. So I think they, I definitely think they can be the class of the East. Whether that means they get to the finals, I guess, is all relative to uh, to what we're looking at with, uh, with and, Minnesota and LA. But. And that new playoff format, let's not forget. So they yeah, they, exactly. they certainly and, and and there's New York as well. And New York is uh, dismissed at their peril. We're a team that's won 20 plus games two years in a row and was a three seed this past year. So. Not so easy to say that Tina Charles and company will uh, will fail to challenge. I think they will as well. Yeah, no, I, 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 absolutely. I mean, you know, team. You know, obviously, Del Don is the biggest move that's you know pretty much going to happen this off season, um, and that's what's going to get all the attention. But yeah, other the, the Mystics are catching up to where some other teams are. Other teams have you mentioned Maya Moore, 
you know, Candace Parker and so on, Tina Charles, whatever. These other teams already had that player. So now the Mystics are catching up. Now they got to incorporate this new piece. they got to change things around. Um, you know, I'm just saying I have some faith that Tebow will figure that out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there, there's still some more work to do. It's just very, very interesting with what they've done um, at this point. One bets against Maya Moore and Cheryl Reeve, of course, at their at your own peril. And I do think not that you can take anything from preseason games, but the very first of those chess moves will be fascinating to see. We found out that May eighth, uh, Minnesota is going to be taking on Washington. So uh, I would I would highlight that on your calendar, uh, along with lots of lots of other Washington games to come. Well, Ben, let the listeners know where they can hear you and read you and uh, in interact with you as well. Uh, well, Howard, I appreciate that. I definitely appreciate doing this. There's not many people that honestly like like talking to me about the WNBA, but I know you're good to go, and most of all, you know your you know your stuff, so I that makes it even that. better. Likewise. Uh, yeah, uh, for, for, if you're into the basketball, I cover the Washington Wizards and the NBA on Locked On Wizards, part of the Locked On Sports Network, but I cover Redskins, NFL, fantasy football, I don't know, way too many Georgetown holders, way too many things. You can just find me on Twitter. At Ben Standig, uh, come on by, but I warn you, I tweet a lot. Uh, ben is a renaissance man, and the tweets are well worth your time, so I highly recommend. Well, Ben, thank you so much for being on the program, and just a reminder to our listeners that you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnWBB, like us on Facebook, Lockdown Women's Basketball, and go ahead and I would urge you to both subscribe and rate and review us if you can on iTunes or your podcast listen of choice. Helps the show get more listens, and that's good for everyone as well. I'm Howard Meddahl wishing you a very lovely day.